Well, okay. It's so, the end of the year, so. So with no expenses spared. Yeah. Uh, I decided to light a fire under our broadcast, and to to set the mood and to uh, make us rethink what we did last year. Was this a good idea? Was this a bad idea? Yeah. Uh, it's been a hectic year. It's been a hectic year. Uh, did we miss any uh, weeks of posting? I think one and two. Two. And this is amazing hmm. for, for a podcast that is, is new. Uh, <clears throat> first, I'm going to start with the stats. I think that 13,000 subscribers is an amazing number. And let's hope for more. Now, mm -hmm. let's first roll the intro. And then we'll take the look back what we did, why we did it, uh, do we actually know why we did it, and so on. So, roll the intro. Okay. <laughs> Intro rolled. For the person, for the people who are listening to this on the headphones, I'm so sorry for you guys. I'm not. Uh, anyways, let's start. Um, when we were discussing uh, this thing, what I wanted, what I thought that we are going to do, is that we are going to review the year in the tech, not the podcast, uh, the year in our podcast. So I was preparing to review the tech year. But then I realized, uh, just by following what we did during the last uh, 12 months, you can actually uh, follow what was happening in the attack. Uh, we did a few deviations, but other than that, we are more or less in, uh, in line with the times. So when we started way back then, a year ago, because this is officially a year, uh, we started with AI. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, AI was, I think, two weeks old mm -hmm. or a week old. And uh, we were trying to uh, recognize what is going to be the good and the bad things about the uh, how AI looks and how AI works uh, and what is going to be the end result for the IT community. I must say that, uh, remember when, what I said way back then, uh, AI didn't fulfill... Uh, what I thought it would because I thought that the growth would be exp exponential and from what I see right now and we are going to have a separate uh, episode on that uh, AI has basically stalled it created a technology technology is amazing but then as with all other technologies people started abusing it and the core technology is slowly moving forward uh, it has an evolution but it is not that break uh, at that breakneck speed that it had probably in the first two or three uh, months of the last uh, of the last year. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? Well, we have an episode about that uh, yes. as well. Uh, but generally speaking, yeah, our first episode was about ChatGPT, which coincidentally was also related to our uh, episode number five too. We did the future work. Um, related to integration between Microsoft Apps and Services and ChatGPT, which actually happened, and we talked about that as well. Generally speaking, this year has been a challenging one. Uh, we've done many, 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 and then plus many hours of recordings. Uh, lost a lot of time assembling, disassembling equipment. Uh, 
moved a couple of times actually and uh, it feels a little bit weird to be back here where we started but it's like a full circle type of thing uh, so I wanted to do uh, while we're here I wanted to do this episode on purpose so that we can kind of, kind of, kind of like do the full circle and then move on that being said um, I do have a couple of thoughts about not necessarily AI just general about stuff that we did last year in terms of the 50 episodes that we did and uh, I have some favorites and I have some of them that are let's say less favorite ones but uh, I also think that there's a trend slowly but surely creeping up on us in terms of um, which episodes people like the most not necessarily driven by what people like the most but you do pay attention to what people are telling you by uh, by if nothing else by statistics so I wanted to have a chat about that as well in terms of uh, what we did this year uh, which were our really good episodes or really bad ones as well and move forward uh, and discuss what we're going to do next year which is going to be another year of growth I think again I have absolutely no idea what we're going to do next year I have a few things prepared I know that you you, you do and uh, from this point in time in the middle of the Christmas break I think that uh, rethinking what we did is a good thing but thinking ahead is probably hard Mm -hmm. so as uh, Homer Simpson says uh, thinking hard I'm not in that mood right now so <laughs> yeah. let, let's first do the review you're you are in the in the mood to te uh, to, to test the couch cushions as yes. you said a couple of days ago yes and the other, then the, the, the other thing is that uh, let's put this into perspective uh, 50 episodes times something like two, two hours it takes you two hours to at least two hours to uh, get the episode uh, edited so four hours so what we wasted something actually like... it's five hours per episode uh, on average three hours for equipment assembly disassembly recording and, and production roughly five hours per episode so it's something like 250 hours so we wasted 10 days of our lives uh, on this on this podcast I, I wouldn't call it waste yes but but, yeah. but then uh, when you compare it to the amount of hours that we uh, spend sleeping and so on it's an enormous amount of investment but actually I think the, the fact that you're in couch testing uh, you know cushion testing mode makes this quite a valuable effort to do this episode because that means we can chillax and discuss this without any uh, real effort and or plan and or I definitely don't have a plan I'm just going to go off the cuff remember some of the episodes so I don't have anything prepared um, what's on my iPad is actually just a list of episodes nothing else I'm just going to go with the uh, this is my default state so I don't come prepared yeah podcasts. <laughs> yeah I know but so this is one thing and the other thing is I'm vertical and this is not this is not no you know no, not an optimal position <laughs> yes so, so uh, <laughs> And these, and I must, I must admit that the uh, new studio has much better uh, seats. Desk, chairs. No, the desk, the desk I can live with, but the chairs themselves are, uh, these are too stiff and... They're too shallow. They're too shallow, too yeah. steep, and uh, they, have, uh, they have a couple of other problems. So, we started the year with AI. AI was something that was uh, stretching throughout the year, and uh, we mentioned it that in a lot of, a lot of episodes. Uh, what we basically did when you take a look at what we uh, talked about was uh, more or less uh, we switched between a couple of different teams. First was AI, 
another one was you bitching about Windows 11. Uh, and this is probably most of the rest of the episodes no. in, in at least one uh, one moment. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about, uh, to be honest and uh, to make more sense, we talked about a lot about education. And hardware. We, and, uh, we talked about a lot about education and this is what I like. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a few amazing talks with a couple of our students. And uh, these are the things that I cherish the most because I like talking to students and I like to see what motivates people. Mm -hmm. We were talking about motivation. Yes. Because this is the thing that actually motivates me, talking about motivation. And this is one of those things that uh, breaks the cycle. Uh, because I often get demotivated by the um, stupid people around me. And then uh, when I realized, no, 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 not you. When I realized that I can talk to you and talk about motivation, suddenly I have some, I'm motivated to do something. So this is one of those strange things that happens. Um, we were trying to touch on uh, mobile OSs. And I think that uh, judging from the, judging from the numbers and judging from the feedback that we got, mobile OSs are not that uh, interesting to people anymore. One episode was, uh, and I get why. It was a little bit of a clickbaity title as well, uh, which was my mistake, let's call it that okay. way. But generally speaking, you are right. Uh, I agree with you, not all that interesting, because it's a chewed out subject, I think. Uh, I don't think it's chewed out. I think that uh, right now we uh, have what we have. Uh, when it comes to um, competition between uh, Windows and Linux uh, and Windows and Mac OS, mm -hmm. uh, more or less the cards have been dealt the same as they are with iPhones and Androids. Mm -hmm. But the thing that uh, is different is that when we are dealing with uh, iPhones, Androids and uh, different, uh, uh, different OSs, mm -hmm. the thing is that when you're buying a new computer, you can sort of kind of change uh, change the OS and continue working. So it was not a problem for me to change from Windows to uh, Mac OS and then go back. Okay. Uh, because I don't have that much uh, much invested in uh, software and hardware. And uh, I'm used to basically having to buy new software and, and so on. When it comes to OSs okay. on um, uh, mobile devices, First, people like the UI, so they're used to UI. And the other thing is that they usually have a couple of, uh, even more than a couple of uh, applications bought uh, in the appropriate store. So they're less likely to switch to the other store and try to start from scratch. Okay. So I think that um, mobile OS is, is something that is going to be a thing. But I don't see any breakthroughs coming uh, in, that, in this part of the hardware. What I am seeing is that we are going to have a hell of a lot more uh, coming when it comes to uh, Windows versus uh, Mac OS versus Linux versus whatever is going to happen next. Because with every major switch in hardware architecture, mm -hmm. we are going to see a major switch in uh, operating system uh, market. And Microsoft is right now in a peculiar position because they're trying to do all the things at once. And the last time they did this, in the 90s, it didn't bode well for them. They were happy because they didn't have any competition on the market. But it didn't bode well for them. Because if you remember the 
uh, operating system that you, that you um, said I shouldn't mention, so the Windows ME. Mm -hmm. This is the crown jewel of the Microsoft completely losing its point and trying to uh, create three, four, five different kernels for three or four, five different uh, architectures and then realizing a problem. But this problem is something that is going to be uh, uh, coming uh, coming to the scene again once we switch to ARM. <coughs> you think so? Yes, mm. yes. Let's see that in action. I'm not exactly sure because ARM-based Windows have been around for quite a while now. Yes, but for some reason Microsoft is not, uh, not releasing them. Um, mm. Microsoft is trying to actively uh, put them behind an artificial uh, wall. wall. This wall means that you can only run uh, ARM Windows on a particular set of ARM processors, which is okay, I understand this. Also, you can only run virtual machines inside Hyper-V on uh, ARM. So this is uh, stopping people from taking a look at what is happening in the, in the ARM world. And the only th uh, machine that you can buy is uh, Microsoft Project Voltaire machines. Which are cool. Which are cool, but uh, unattainable. Mm -hmm. And this is, the, this is the thing. I don't like the idea of Microsoft... Uh, trying to hide something in plain sight. Actually, uh, I've, I want to circle back to something that you mentioned, just for humor's sake. Most of the year, we've actually spent by me bitching about hardware, not Windows. Yes. And you bitching about Microsoft in large volumes. Because that's your default state, and me bitching about hardware is my default state for a variety of different reasons. I don't think that that's going to go away anytime soon. A reason being that both hardware and the, the Microsoft world do not provide us with ample opportunities to switch directions in, in uh, some kind of a more, let's say, sustainable, positive way. But let's see. That's uh, for the next year to, to judge. Uh, I mean, when I look at all of the episodes that we did, uh, uh, I'm also very, very glad that uh, we did a couple of um, episodes about education, about motivation, about influence of social networking on people, uh, about the mixture of all the new in terms of getting older, more experienced, mature people into IT teams and pairing them with younger ones. I got quite a few comments about that episode uh, on, on uh, my private Facebook page as well, where I uh, linked these episodes. Afterwards, we uh, basically went into a more, let's say, default sustained state of producing, just pumping out the, the episodes, uh, episodes on a weekly basis for some of the topics that we mostly cared about at that particular time or uh, reminiscing about some of the things that happened in the past. And that uh, episode about the experience versus innovation, so yes. more mature versus the younger people in IT, actually jump-started a huge spike uh, in our statistics. Uh, not that I care all that much about it, but it was a sign of, of some of the things to come. Because if you follow along with, uh, with the numbers, the next episode was uh, me bitching for 50 minutes about the uh, motherboard design, which coincidentally is still our, like by a margin of, let's say, 10-15%, the, the most watched episode. And the most shared episode, and I checked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, it is something that became a trend on YouTube afterwards as well. A lot of people from much bigger channels than ours 
made quite a few videos about it, much more popular and uh, long-term, very familiar YouTubers as well. And um, that uh, that episode offered me a chance to kind of, um, we went a little bit through the history of past, let's say, 10 or so generations of motherboards and mentioned uh, a couple of things that annoy both of us at the end of the day, maybe a little bit more towards me than, than you. But still, you know, this integration of everything without the capability to upgrade anything thing is not the way in which the industry should be going. And it's not like it's showing any sign of stopping. Recently, we did an episode in which I mentioned that the last decent motherboard that has decent PCI Express connectivity options is basically X299 based chipset. If you don't go to the modern Ryzen motherboards, which are unobtainium and incredible in terms of pricing, as you know. Uh, they are, they're obtainable if you are willing to pay a price of a used car for a motherboard. Exactly that. And if you're willing to wait for them for at least five to six weeks, because delivery times are... You, you, you can get them. Uh, I tried. Yeah. I, had to, I had to buy a Threadripper Pro. Pro, Thread yeah. Pro um, uh, TRX50 or something like that? Uh, WRX... Uh, uh, 80 I think okay and uh, I got it in a couple of days I think that's weird but the price was something like 1600 euros or something exactly what I'm talking and about. this is the I like I like the motherboard I liked everything about it I didn't like the idea of the motherboard being half-baked uh, in the way that when they say that they're supporting seven or eight uh, m2 uh, NVMEs what they do is they provide you with a generic uh, Asus uh, card that has uh, four NVMEs on it, unification port on... Uh, you mean the card that I gave you? Yes, 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 yes. And which I was given as yes, well? Yes, yes. So the, the card that nobody uses because the bifurcation, bifurcation part doesn't work. No, it does, but you have to have a, a compatible motherboard, and it's it's somewhat complicated. And uh, it it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. I uh, I tried to do it uh, on five different configurations. I only got it working on two, and right, one of them is at home. No, and one of them is uh, one of them is at home, and at home I cannot. Uh, sometimes uh, two of the lanes don't work because something takes over the lanes. Because we are back to the IRQ, IRQ. hell, IRQ hell that we went through uh, <laughs> thirty years ago. Oh, come on, it was cool. Yes, but it's amazing that forty years after we uh, realized that we are going to have an allocation problem. We still don't have uh, applications or biases, or however they want to call them, that are able to allocate uh, reliably um, lanes reliably to different uh, adapters. It's not that that's the problem. It's the problem of PC Express connectivity in general, because we don't have as many lanes as we used to. And I looked into this problem a couple of weeks ago when I got to the topic of X299 motherboard. Uh, I went through uh, at least last 10 generations of Intel and AMD CPUs without the workstation ones, yes. trying to find CPUs that have enough PCI Express lanes. And actually, the amount of PCI Express lanes, one of the is, things is which is I mentioned, is shrinking in yes. Intel a lot, which is something that that's bothering me heavily. And I think that uh, this is directly connected to what motherboard uh, manufacturers are doing. Because um, this, first, this is an excuse for Intel to... Uh, I'm not going to say uh, save money, but they are saving uh, real estate on the, on the chip, CPU, on the chip, uh, CPU mm -hmm. and they can do different things uh, with the real, real estate. This is the first thing. 
And the second thing is that this gives an um, uh, opportunity for the motherboard manufacturers to say, okay, we are unable to do any more uh, PCI Express lanes. Excuse so, me, it's an excuse. So we can uh, just remove the PCI connectors and so on and so on. And uh, the thing that everybody needs to have in mind is that it's not just the PCIe uh, lanes missing. When a motherboard uh, producer removes a single PCIe connector from uh, from the motherboard, from the motherboard, it saves them probably uh, millions of dollars. Yeah, in the long run. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So uh, this is one of those things where they like to remove uh, features, and they especially like to remove connectors. It's like like Porsche. You know, you uh, buy a more expensive version which has less stuff in. Yes, uh, this is the also this is the simple reason why uh, on modern motherboards you're going to see much less uh, USB connectors on the motherboard itself, but you're going to be, uh, be seeing uh, USB headers uh, for the external connectors because it's cheaper to create USB header than to solder on... And make on. somebody buy that extra. Yes, and uh, then to solder on the actual USB connector on the motherboard. And actually that that topic snowballed into laptops. Yes. We, we did an episode about laptops, which was also more than 100,000 views. Uh, again, I bitched and moaned and ranted about the laptop design for an hour or so uh, for similar reasons, but from a different standpoint. The standpoint of the desktop motherboard was general business use case. The standpoint of uh, the, the laptops is something completely different in the episode, which is it is incredible that you can get a laptop without HDMI port and some basic or, stuff like Or that. a laptop that has only two ports. Uh, yeah, two USB-C Thunderbolt ports. What does it have on the other side? Uh, connected for the headphones. At least has it has that because they started removing that. Yes, they too. started removing that, but then they realized that people uh, still like to people have made them do that. Yes, actually. yeah. But this is one of those things uh, that is actually um, it's not a thing that would normally happen. Apple is not usually responding to people's requests. Yeah, but I think that this time uh, they realized that they screwed up. And one of the reasons for the screw-up is that they only have a single uh, uh, Bluetooth connector on, on it. You can connect, uh, you cannot connect more than one uh, Bluetooth device reliably. Really? You, you can, but uh, if you are trying to connect, uh, uh, for example, a mouse, a mouse, then you are trying to connect a keyboard, external keyboard. You're trying to connect your um, uh, headphones. This is not going to be reliable. This is going to work, but this is not going to be reliable. reliable. This is news to me. It depends. It depends on uh, the implementation on the uh, headphones themselves. But since people are using uh, low, uh, low-grade hardware usually when they're buying headphones, especially headphones, because uh, uh, at home I'm using either uh, bone conduction uh, headphones that are 150 plus euros, or I'm using a Sony W1000 uh, Mark II, I think, which is also euros. So I expect them to work. But uh, if I try to connect something that is $25, $26, $27, it, it should work, but the quality of the connection is going to be bad, this first thing. And the other thing is people just like to reuse old hardware. They don't want to buy new, uh, new headphones. Exactly my point, yeah. You want to have the capability to use your the hardware that you bought with new, the new computer that you upgraded or started from building from scratch. And what happened is that people needed to buy an adapter to USB-C. Then since this thing has only two USB-C ports, you need one for the power. power. You need an, Then you need another for the to connect into, for connecting your uh, headphones. 
And then what? Well, that, that means, uh, as I mentioned in the episode, you have to buy a Thunderbolt hub so that you can both power the computer and then extend the uh, uh, addition with extend it with additional USB or Thunderbolt ports or whatever. But that dilutes heavily after after you invest a couple of thousand euros, like I did in various Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt hubs, which do work, but they are still a hassle to work. And with then you need and you they need consume then, a lot of space. Then you need uh, special uh, USB ca- uh, Thunderbolt cables. Uh, I just made an, a big order of Thunderbolt cables because of the topic that we discussed many, many months yes, ago. Yes, and the, the, the cable I got you for the last uh, for the last New Year's, uh, I saw that you posted uh, update that the new version of this cable is not working. Yeah, yeah. This this was a couple of days ago. Yes, but the, which which is amazing by itself. Yeah, I just spent. Uh, I'm I'm not overstating this. I just spent 550 euros without VAT on USB and Thunderbolt cables because the, it's a thing and I'm, I know you know that uh, most of the cheaper cables just do not work and there's actually a large I would, I would almost call it a scam going on with the USB cables in general USB-C now I'm not talking about Thunderbolt necessarily because most of the of the cables that you can buy are actually more uh, they are suited to a completely different market which is how to charge your phone faster versus having a fast data connection you can buy like a power delivery free based uh, usb-c to usb-c cable which can charge your phone very quickly whilst having uh, still having just usb2 it's incredible the amount of cables that you have like that yes this is this is one one thing and finding the correct cable has become an art and this is one thing and the other thing uh, thing is that uh, usb3 uh uh, usb-c cables have become uh dangerous Mm. Uh, because what they're doing is they're trying to uh, cheat people into buying uh, cables that are supposed to be data cables capable of delivering uh, huge amounts of power, but they are shipping out on connectors. And you simply cannot push 100 watts of uh, power. 200 plus. Uh, but nowadays. 100 watts of power through a connector that has uh, 0.25 millimeter uh, of, uh, um, uh, contact uh, wire in yeah the, the wire itself is the problem mm. because they're trying to chip out in the wire some of them are used not using the uh, copper wire they're using the aluminum wire you know that mm-hmm. so they are basically uh creating a, a light copper uh, f- uh, layer over the aluminum and what you end up with is a cable that is eventually going to get on fire mm-hmm. because it's going to act like a fuse Hence the reason why I bought another one of these super expensive Apple cables, which tends to work with everything that I tried and some of the Belkins and OWCs, but for the most part, most others just don't. I think that what I'm going to do next, I'm going to invest in the next year, I'm going to invest in in a proper USB cable tester that is able to show me, because I saw that they are now becoming a thing, mm-hmm. it's going to be able to show me the capabilities of the cable. So not only if the cable is connected by itself, but the capabilities. So is it uh, capable of doing the bandwidth that it requires? Is, is required? Is it capable of providing the power that is required? What is it trying to st- tell to the people um, who are uh, using it? Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to be able to sort, because both you and I probably have 20 plus, plus, let's let's call it 20 or 30 plus cables in our uh, drawers, uh, backpacks, backpacks and whatever. And some of those cables are good, but which ones? 
literally uh, when we started recording this episode, I had a problem because I removed most of the cables from my backpack. I just left three of them inside. Two of them are Samsung cables from original from Samsung phones. And one of them is uh, a OWC, uh, it's USB 3.2, 2 times 2 something. That was the only one that worked with Atom and the external yes, hard drive. Yes, because the Samsung cables usually don't work because they they are not intended to uh, data transfer to at all. Do, do, yeah. do almost no data transfer at all. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. So I was uh, actually uh, on the verge of going uh, to our office and or browse around the you know the whole corporate environment that we are right now in to ask people if they have a decent USB-C to C cable somewhere because. It was almost a situation in which we couldn't record an episode. Or, I mean, I could record on the on the camera, but much prefer doing it on the atom for a variety of reasons. Okay, so, so uh, actually, uh, uh, brings me to a point that I wanted to make uh, when we started this part of the of the uh, program, which is that hardware-based topics are still super popular. Yes, they are, but I think that I'm more proud of the software-based topics. Because I think that uh, what we did when it comes to, came to software, uh, aside of bitching about Windows 11, is... Uh, like PowerShell episode, perhaps? Uh, no, I think that one of the most interesting things is what, when, we, when we did the perpetual licenses. Oh, yeah, sure. Because this thing, this thing uh, became a thing even more than we anticipated. Mm -hmm. uh, you, unfortunately, right now are a Broadcom uh, certified trainer, so uh, you are going to bear the brunt of it. But also, uh, but also the perpetual license that VMware, uh, the switcheroo with the perpetual license that VMware did, it's something that is becoming even more popular. Mm -hmm. And I see that all the corporations are trying to make big money uh, out of nothing right now, just by switching people subscriptions. From, uh, from perpetual license to subscriptions, and then making these subscriptions, uh, I wouldn't say unusable, but uh less of a thing that you actually want to buy they're basically not trying to sell you a subscription is going to be better for you they're trying to sell you a subscription because you have to buy the subscription and then at the same time take more money from you i have a i have a um I'm, i was using it i'm using um, a software uh that was based on the number of devices that it was monitoring it was a monitoring software and i won't mm -hmm. name i won't name it but the idea was that you are you are uh, paying for the number of devices. Sorry, what I say? I turn it like that. Hello. Dopet slušam. Ne, stavio sam tamo napomenu da staviti iza kuće, iza vrata tamo. Naci, unutra u dvorištu ljevo iza kuće. Eto, može, okay, hvala. Bog bog, bog. Ovo je drugi DPD, alda. Ne očekivajte DPD. So, uh, I'm using a software that is uh, designed for monitoring uh, devices. And the thing is that uh, when I bought it two years ago, I bought a three-year license, they had a completely uh, simple flat fee. It was subscription-based. The idea was that you bought, uh, uh, the price was $1 per device per year. Mm -hmm. So... If you wanted to monitor 500 devices, and this is the this was the lowest number of devices that you can buy in a pack, you would buy uh, you would uh, pay for $500 per year, which is not that much money if you want to have the the ability to uh, track the changes, track the hardware, track the software, and so on across all the devices. This is okay. Mm -hmm. 
uh, in the last year, they switched the uh, minimum number of devices that you have to buy to 2,000. So suddenly my prices, my price for my software is four times higher. Mm -hmm. And because I don't need 200 devices, uh, 2,000 devices. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that I cannot change anything. I have a subscription. I can either uh, let the subscription pass, my software is going to stop working, or I need to take uh, five, uh, four times more uh, expensive software and I need to buy it. And this um, makes me extremely uh, angry. And uh, I'm right now in the middle of the anger, exchanging of angry emails. And Again? I, yes. I thought that you sold that one. No, this, that wasn't sold because they came back and they said that they are unable to provide me with uh, another uh, version of subscription because they only have that subscription. And then I said, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take, uh, you're going to uh, get a rebate for me. You're mm -hmm. going to give me 2,000 uh, device subscription, but I'm going to pay it uh, $400. Five hundred dollars. No, four hundred dollars. Four hundred. Okay. So, so I'm going to take uh, take a rebate there. You can do it. <laughs> and right now we are in the middle of talking to uh, talking to each other. And this is one of those things that uh, actually is a problem, because when you are on a subscription, you are not only on a subscription when it comes to paying money for something. You are also bound by a, a contract that can change with every uh, billing uh, cycle. Which leads very nicely to something that I wanted to add to that topic, which is the, the cloud prices which have risen uh, across the year multiple times, depending on which cloud service you're using. Uh, it doesn't really matter which one, and I'm not going to name them, but this is something that is... But we talked about those. Yeah, we did, yeah, but, yes. but it's, still uh, it's actually still happening. Um, uh, I heard that some of the cloud providers are going to raise ad prices additionally after New Year's Eve, I don't know, in uh, February or something or March, don't really remember, but it is definitely happening. So, yeah, we we definitely uh, made good uh, on our episode in terms of kind of like predicting that this is going to keep on happening, which is what ended up happening at the end of the day. Then okay. then let's let's uh, do the thing that we where we are trying. We were trying to uh, do some sort of a comment on the state of media, social media, you're jokingly uh, talking about me liking Twitter and uh, we did a couple of episodes of the uh, mm -hmm. uh, social media and on the how to get the right news from right uh, sources uh, on the internet. And I think this was, this is not so uh, popular with the, with the viewers, but I think this is one of those things that should be talked about. Because uh, right now, the things have gotten worse. Much worse. The things have gotten worse because people uh, lost the, uh, I wouldn't say lost the ability, but they lost the will to try to find uh, the right news source. You think? Yes, because I see that uh, people are moving away from media that is uh, covering any form of news. Okay. So, uh, you, you, because you cannot uh, call Instagram and TikTok news. Of course not. Uh, Facebook is losing uh, people. Twitter is losing people. So, this is not, 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 not okay. <coughs> uh, I don't care about Twitter, so I know that you do for a variety of real-time reasons, which you described in some of the episodes. Uh, they, they are, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. Uh, yesterday, there was an earthquake uh, close to us. And usually... Before all of this, let's say a couple of years ago, when there was an earthquake, you could get 
uh, instantaneous information about what is happening. Okay. People would, would start tweeting, you would say, see what, what is happening and so on. Okay. Yesterday it took Twitter something like 25 or 30 minutes to show me the part of the timeline that uh, was saying anything about the earthquake. Which was 24 to 29 minutes too much. And it's not that it's too much, but the problem is that uh, the algorithm itself is not the problem. The problem is that when Elon uh, or Elmo, as they call him, uh, decided to use his hex, uh, his hex on the uh, cost of the Twitter, uh, when you take it for the face value, he did the good thing because he. I think that he reduced the number of servers by 70% or something. And people by 80. And people by 80. But this is not the thing. What he did he uh, is he uh, modified the ability of the entire system to uh, do the things that it was supposed to do. So uh, he created, he removed the uh, servers that were required for optimizations service required for the um, uh, pers uh, personalization. personalization of the timeline. It uh, removed the um, uh, data analysis uh, servers that were able to analyze the data in real time and then create some sort of an algorithm out of it because he said that they are biased. And right now, this means that you're going to get much worse timeline than you were getting before. And it's not the political bias. I'm also talking about uh, simply real-time bias. You're going to get, since the algorithm is too slow because it doesn't have the backend it, it, it once had, Okay. Uh, it just serves you some of the tweets from the previous couple of hours uh, endlessly. So you're just going to be created a timeline and this timeline is going to be a couple of hours so late. So like Facebook when you're disconnected from network? Yes, basically, basically yes. And this is the thing that uh, is wrong. Because the Twitter, the point of the Twitter was that it it was real time. Now it switched to being near real time, if not uh, basically offline, and uh, it is going to get even worse. You think? Yes, because people are uh, people are still relying on Twitter in uh, in some way or the other, and uh, as long as this keeps uh, happening, um, Musk is completely okay because he says that people are there. Okay, he told all the all the advertisers to go screw themselves. This is one of the, those things. Did you see the clip? They did. Yes, and uh, this he's is, right there. I wouldn't say that he's right. I would. I, I think I think that the way he did it is that uh, he's trying to he's trying to make uh, he's trying to make a point, but the way he's making a point is simply rude. Uh, it is. It, uh, it Because it didn't... Uh, you don't think that uh, it is a reaction to other people's rudeness? Uh, I'm not trying to excuse him. I agree. He's, it was rude and unnecessary in terms of language. Uh, yes, and the thing is that uh, he's uh, distorting the image that he should be sending. The message is completely correct. But the way he said it made it... Uh, Basically, he looks like a stupid person uh, trying to just be rude because he doesn't have any more time. Instead of trying to explain to people why, why it matters that the uh, advertising should Which be. he doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to do it, but he should be doing it because he's a CEO of... Um, okay, now 
a rapidly a rapidly shrinking company that is worth probably a billion dollars. It used to be worth uh, 44 billion dollars. So he can afford it. He can afford it, but I don't think that this is the uh, uh I I still think that people who are uh in the limelight, people who are um let's say defining the future should have some sort of uh, filter on their own behavior to just uh, create an image what and how the uh, uh, communication in the public space should be done. That's called responsibility. By yes. Yeah, but I agree with that completely. So okay. I don't think that he was he was correct. He, he is correct. Uh, in terms of the message, it's just the wrong delivery. Uh, I would be much, much, much more cynical and I would create much more, uh, much more uh, sarcastic uh, message to all the advertisers. <laughs> but... Uh, just being rude to them without explaining why doesn't make sense because they are going to win. They're not. Not against him. I'm not so sure. Okay. Let's let's uh, circle back to that next year. Let's see what happens because next year is going to be very big in that respect. You know, US elections and whatnot. There's a lot of things that are heavily reliant on the Twitter of the past, in a sense, are going to happen. So let's see what the outcome will be. Yes, because, let's have a discussion about that afterwards. Yes, because what what we did he is he created the perfect storm of the Twitter that is going to be uh, much more influential on U.S. elections and much more uh, easily manipulated by uh, every player that has the money. Because right now he's dependent on the money, and once you need the money from outside actors, you are going to get money from outside actors, and they're going to uh, buy their their influence in. I think that uh, it's completely the opposite, but let's see what happens. Okay, after that, we did a couple of uh, software slash technology-based uh, episodes about laptop software, and uh, we kind of started uh, a, a, a list of episodes about a little bit more nostalgic topics as well, yes. about old computers, about uh, our computers when we were younger and whatnot, you know, Amstrad, the, C the C64, Uh, some old operating systems. And also one of the things that very much surprised me, we did a couple of episodes about ARM and 6502, uh, which will have their follow-ups uh, rather soon. That's something that you're working on. Uh, and the, the, those episodes surprised me heavily because they were super popular with, with people. Considering the relative obscurity of the topic, looking from the general broad perspective okay not from the it specialist programmer something uh, system embedded programmer perspective just from general to topic perspective it surprised me heavily i knew that it's going to be okay that it was much more than okay i think that the thing that you are missing here is that uh, all the people who are coming into it and have some sort of motivation in it i'm not talking about people who have to work in it by have, uh, I, I mean in, in heavy quotes, but um, people who are working in IT, uh, after a couple of years working, suddenly realize that uh, old processors like CISO 2 Z80, uh, and Motorola's and uh, what, what, what nots are fundamental things to learn. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they become interested because 6002 is such a simple processor that uh, somebody who has a couple of years experience in IT can comprehend the entirety of it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things when you actually uh, see it as an accomplishment. 
Um, let's talk music because you're the, you're, you're the music guy. Right now, if I would, uh, wanted you to explain how, uh, I don't know, a, mo a MOG works. Uh, a what? A MOG. A MOG. 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 MOG, 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 whatever, uh, whatever your pronunciation okay. is. You would be able to do it. You would be, uh, be able to understand the uh, schematics and everything else. Yeah. If I wanted to, uh, if I, s I said to you, okay, now let's choose uh, one of the top Korg uh, keyboards right now. You can try to explain how they work. Oh, I could do that much more easily. Yes, but then when it comes to de uh, details, you wouldn't be able to do it. Well, I would. Uh, even the processors and the DSPs. Yeah. yeah, I'm much more familiar with them than the analog synthesis. But yes, yes, yes but uh, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm trying to make the yeah. point of uh, the amount of knowledge required, for example, to explain how a DSP works. And the amount of knowledge required to uh, to explain how uh, analog synthesis uh, and, 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 and loop works mm -hmm. is enormous. Yeah. So you can actually take apart a simple uh, synthesizer and create a mental picture of it. Yeah. And this is the same with six zero two. I agree. No, your metaphor stands definitely not not on me because I was. Um, Used to work for a cord distributor. Had a yes, you have a blah, problem. Blah, blah, blah. You have a I problem. Have problem. Yeah, you, I you don't have, have a problem. problem no. But uh, even even with you, we could probably find the synthesizer yeah. that you wouldn't be able to uh, able to understand completely. You would need yeah. to you would need to study and study and study to understand how different different things work. Not yeah, I don't understand Yamahas, for example, not be, at all. Not because you are stupid mm -hmm. or unintelligent, but because the technology has become so advanced that not a single person understands it completely. Yeah, and especially in digital sense, you're completely correct. And so, workstations, it's so many options, so many menus and sub-menus and sub-sub-sub-menus and whatnot of features that it's really difficult. And then, then the add-ons yeah. that nobody wanted, so Bluetooth connectivity, USB, multiple USB connectivity, uh, MIDI connectivity, USB 3, USB 2, uh, wireless connectivity, being able to read cards and so on. Uh, Having a dedicated, let's remember that all the synthesizers right now need to have a dedicated operating system to be able to read uh, micro, SD, micro SD cards, mm. and then they need to be able to read NTFS, they need to be able to read uh, the FETs, uh, uh, FETs, and so on and so on. So basically, you're including half a Linux there. Yeah, yeah, I have no problem with that. Yes, I know, but this requires you to understand how this half of linux is interacting with the rest of the synthesizer no no the, with six with six zero two or a moog that's just it you have an input you have an output and something you, in between you do funny things with mm -hmm. uh, with waveforms and that's it yeah just like in, yeah, i completely with you your metaphor stands for general po popul uh, <coughs> population is absolutely on the money and we have to start actually you have to uh, start in hurry producing some more 6502 episodes because uh, our computer architecture course is coming up very soon and those episodes need to be ready for that i'm i'm right now inclined to not do this i'm inclined to completely switch the architecture no i am i'm inclined connection to, refused i'm i'm inclined to switch to z80 no because what i want to do is i want a processor that is able to do context switching and that's cool you can do it afterwards no problem uh we'll talk about this later yeah because because uh i really i really 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 need to do context switching all of the sudden yasmin has shrunk i have absolutely no idea why because the chairs okay 
Now, UN improved. <laughs> UN improved, yeah, version 1.1 alpha. Okay, so uh, what I wanted, what I wanted to, what I want and what I need is to have the context change. But this is the thing that uh, makes old processors interesting. Yeah, I agree. If I say I want to, for people to understand how context switching works, and then I say I need Z80, mm -hmm. both you and me know why. And this is one of those things. People need to know why. No, it's not only people need to know why, but there is there was a thing in each of the processors that make it unique, mm -hmm. and uh, people they are who, valuable, not only unique, and but also but also unique because people were learning as they went, mm -hmm. naming things, RQs, um, uh, creating, uh, for example, any NMI uh, names. Uh, you got things got names because people who were designing the thing decided they're going to use this uh, abbreviation or whatever and then this abbreviation became the abbreviation for all the other processors uh, yeah, ever after. yeah i know i know i made a i made a metaphor in one of the previous recent episodes about the old analog pedals for guitars I actually got quite a few comments on that on linkedin and in my private uh, facebook page from especially from our students who understand the metaphor because it was a little bit you know, off the shelf and uh, maybe for a narrower audience, but still people understand what I wanted to say, which is, again, those old processors, people who started working on them got it right from the first try. That's the major difference to what's happening today. Uh, it's that thing. And the other thing is that if they didn't get it right, they could fix it quickly. Mm. Uh, because 6002, for example, they had... Uh, they, they had something that is completely uh, incomprehensible now. They had opcodes that weren't used because they had to create them and they uh, had opcodes that weren't documented. Mm -hmm. And then they decided to keep some of them, to change some of them, to create different versions of opcodes and so on, just by simply saying, okay, this is going to be the uh, standard part of the processor, mm -hmm. and then we are going to create a new version that's going to have uh, this many opcodes uh, that are going to be additional opcodes for additional things. Or if you wanted to do something like um, fast, uh, uh, fast moving of bits in, in the memory, you got bit shifts and uh, all the different uh, operations required for that in a separate version of the processor, because it wasn't complicated. In one of the episodes, well, we're on the topic of CPUs, and we're going to keep, keep on piling episodes about CPUs. Many of them are coming in the future. Uh, in some of the episodes, we discussed Apple's M1, M2 uh, CPUs as well, and we made an episode about Apple's mobile lineup and how it's completely confusing and M3 and whatnot. We also discussed the topic of integration between the CPU and the memory. I explicitly stated that that's the correct design of the CPU uh, in multiple episodes. You also agreed with that because it's fundamentally the correct way to do it. And it's exactly what's happening on the market right now. Barring one or two sub-generations that couldn't be called sub-generations of x86 CPUs, uh, the integration of memory on the CPU is coming very quickly in probably in already the next if not that the, the second to next um, uh, architecture of intel and amd cpus i think that the next thing that we're going to see is going to be the cpus that are going to have uh pins on both sides you're going to have we a, used to have that 
Yes and no. Yes. Zif. Yes and no, Zif. But, but the thing that we are going to have is, we are going to have a, a pincer both sides, so you're going to have a side that's going to be facing motherboard, and then the side that's going to be facing the memory. Which means uh, CPU extendability, which would be cool. No, no, I'm just, I just think that they are going to be starting with the memory. Yeah, the, the amount of thousands of pins that they're going to have to have for all of that definitely points in the direction of a, a really complicated electronic design and uh, all, of the, uh, all of the context that they're going to need. I uh, don't think good. that the, the problem right now that they're facing is the, the technology required. No, no, no the, it's not a technology problem. It's just a packaging problem. Uh, it's a which, packaging problem, but I think that the problem is not with the packaging itself. I think the problem is the thermals. Mm -hmm. You cannot uh, get 300 or plus watts out of the CPU out if you have the memory in the way. Yeah. So you need some sort of probably a piping of a sort between the memory and the... I think that we, we are going to be... Uh, Micro channels of, of water or something. I see I see that maybe slot one is going to be... Uh, oh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I, I get where you're going with this. Because the slot one is the only way to uh, solve both of those problems. So you can sandwich the CPU between the memories and then uh, create the thermal channel for the... For the and coding. not only that, it has enough uh, area and space. Yes, 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 yes. Slot yes. one was like ten to twelve centimeters wide. So I see, I see that uh, we are going to be seeing probably something called daughter boards for the CPUs. I cannot wait for the return of something like a ZIF socket four eighty six to Pentium. Those things were inventive for the era, yet quite unpopular. I don't know what the motherboard uh, manufacturers going to do then. Because care. if you integrate uh, CPU on a daughter board together with the memory. And uh, let's say uh, AI en engines, which AI are engines. also in the So CPUs. what are you going to be left with uh, the motherboard? USB connections and? I don't know. That's enough for me. Probably power stabilizing uh, circuitry. Yeah. yeah. And this can also be a, be a daughter board because you know that. Because yeah. some, some motherboards it have used to. Not only that, it used to, it used to be a norm. Yes. So... Uh, I see interesting, interesting thing in the future. Yeah, you have a crystal ball. No, I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to read the table. Deductive uh, reasoning. Read, 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 read the room and try to understand what is going to happen next. So um, the next thing that we uh, were talking, and I see that we did a lot of talking about this, Devops. were the laptops. No, the laptops. No, laptops. Okay. Because we were covering them from uh, multiple different angles, ma ma multiple say. topics. So you were ranting about connectors. The, which is completely fine. Yeah, design, basically. Um, we were talking about the uh, ability of the laptops to be... Uh, first, we talked about refurbished uh, laptops. Yes. We talked about how it doesn't make any sense to buy a new laptop right now. I got slapped on the topic yesterday Why? by my partner. Because I wanted to, to buy her, I uh, ordered the M3 thing, you know, that yes, I did. The, the, uh, the new one? Yeah. Ah, and, okay. Yeah, and she's uh, actually this, you know, you know the story, it doesn't need to be told. Uh, but she told me, yeah, I don't care about uh, Apple anymore at all, and I never did. It looks cool and everything, but for me, the uh, Lenovo that you bought me a couple of months ago makes, makes much more sense. I mean, slapped, it's, it's a figure of speech, but she also makes a very valid point. I bought her a small... X1 Carbon or something like that. The, the, you, you bought an uh, X1 Carbon or Yoga, I don't think. But I, it, it I don't remember, yeah. Uh, can, 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 it be, can it be a Swift all, all it, the way? It can. So it's a Yoga, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, basically she loves that laptop to death because it uh, has everything that she needs and more. It's very light, um, easy to charge, 
and has all the connectors in the world that she needs. Yes, and this is one of the reasons why we recommended and, uh, during the year we recommended either buying a, a used ThinkPad or buying a new MacBook uh, M1. Yeah, uh, I am going to uh, actually you prophetically uh, announced when I said that I'm getting an M3. You said that yeah, if you if you try it, you're probably not going to give it away. Uh, that's what's going. It's going to end up uh, exactly that situation, but for a different reason. I didn't even, really didn't plan to keep it, but I'm going to use it to do video editing because it's significantly faster than some of the things that I have. Coincidentally, that's going to be definitely a topic of one of the episodes because recently I uh, had a chance to test out DaVinci on my 3900K versus M1 versus M2. And I have a lot of stuff that I want to discuss there. Yes, but uh, how much, uh, ju just to make a quick preview, how quicker was the uh, your uh, desktop computer based on 13900? 900K, K, uh, yeah, and 1660 uh, 16, Super. Yes, so uh, compared to... Um, compared to M1. Compared to M1. Uh, let's compare it to M2. This is the no, no. Let's compare it to M1. I, I don't have uh, M1 comparison to do right now. I have okay. M1 at home, but I didn't. Uh, I don't have enough licenses, so I keep it on my M2 okay. Mac Mini. Uh, the difference in uh, Magic Mask performance, which is the most important for yes, okay. thing for us to mask the backgrounds, whatnot, was uh, eight FPS versus eleven. Eight FPS on M2, regular one, non-pro version versus 3900k with 1660 super which okay. is uh okay in percentage it's 40 percent difference that's easy to calculate but in terms of power envelope and uh, the amount of money needed to assemble a computer versus buying a mac mini i mean it's just crazy yes. super efficient on mac yes and this is the thing that i wanted to uh, mention is that the Macs may be slower in some of the some of the uh, tests because they are yeah but gaming for example uh, for example this M1 is probably and we said that this is the best laptop for the last year yeah simply because the cost effectiveness of it mm -hmm. is better than any uh, Windows laptop and I'm now seriously reconsidering my stance on Mac Studio or maybe just Mac Minis or maybe the bigger laptops. Because right now, as opposed to 3900K system that I have, uh, something like M3 Ultra or, you know, something turbo diesel uh, M3 or M2 based, all of a sudden starts making a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, I saw that uh, today... For, that for this specific use case. I saw today that they, since they are going to be creating a, a MacBook Pro that is going to be basically... Uh, M3 Studio with the screen mm -hmm. that the studio will not make any sense at all anymore. They are crazy expensive, so... Yes, but, but both of those are crazy expensive. Yeah. Actually, the, the topic of laptops was very, very dear to me all the way to uh, our first season, uh, as evidenced by me constantly harping on about let's do another laptop episode, let's do another one, let's do another one. I'm very happy that we did that from all of the perspectives that we discussed refurbishing different models, whatever, the architecture, design, etc. We're going to keep on uh, pounding on that in the future as well, because A, it's an interesting topic, B, it never ends. You yes. see new models are constantly coming up. Uh, and uh, in, even without discussing performance, there are plenty of topics to discuss in, in the laptop space. And okay. If you don't have any uh, additional laptop uh, discussions, uh, 
I mean, feel free to interrupt me, but uh, the next topic that we covered heavily uh, is DevOps. Yes. And yes. we're going to, again, keep on pounding on that topic for many, many, many months to come. I have two episodes already in the works for Ansible. Uh, we decided one of the things that we are going to work on in the next year in the next year is going to be dedicated episodes on certain topics like DevOps for me and 65 or 2, ZAD, whatever for you, in which we are going to go at it alone without the discussions. This is what we discussed a couple of weeks ago because you specifically said that in some of the Ansible episodes that we did, you felt like a third wheel uh, with me discussing the Ansible code that I was doing, uh, showing examples and whatnot, which was a valid thing to say. Yeah, I, I completely agree uh, with you upon reflection. So we can do those solo uh, in terms of, let's say, programming aspect. Let's call that uh, for what it is. DevOps is basically programming as well. So I think that's that the DevOps is going to become politics soon mm -hmm. uh, because my, uh, IBM has been heavily trying to uh, break the entirety of the DevOps community. By didn't notice the where, where and how and what are they doing? Uh, right now, mm -hmm. um, they are just creating a FUD. So uncertainty, despair and uh, fear uh, uh, among users. Because right now, when you take a look at technology uh, landscape, you, when it comes to visualization, uh, Broadcom has completely uh, opaque idea of what's going to happen next. So the future is not uh, clear at clear all. At all. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that they're going to be switching people from uh, perpetual license to, to subscriptions. We know that they're going to liquidate a lot of partners because you, you saw the... Yeah, saw the, the articles uh, point in that direction. Uh, no, they sent, they sent an email. Yeah, I know. They sent an email. And I think that the reason why they're doing it is because partners uh, have heavy uh, discounts on uh, licenses. I don't and think it's that, but okay. Yes, because uh, I'm I'm uh, speaking from a perspective of a guy who knows a couple of guys who are running uh, companies. And you are buying those licenses as well. Yes, and I know a couple of guys who are running companies here in Croatia uh, who barely met the limit for the... $500,000 or what? Uh, I think the limit was even even less. I think it's something like $300,000. No, they are, uh, it's the articles point the, for that to be the lowest limit. Yeah, yes, but the limit for becoming the partner before was okay. much lower. Yeah, yeah. So once you became a partner, you got much cheaper licenses. Okay. Uh, and it made sense for you to just create a sale of two or two uh, to get the license, to get the partner status, and then to uh, use the license for your, uh, for your own good. So the license itself became cheap. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about, right now, we are talking about um, uh, tens of thousands of euros, uh, plus or minus, in licenses. And that makes a lot of uh makes a a big chunk of uh what a small company a small IT company Correct. has to pay for different things mm -hmm. and i think that broadcom is trying to get rid of those companies because they are trying to they are trying it's to possible they are trying to uh stop uh, money, money leaking money leaking uh, through small companies yeah i understand and this is one of those things the other thing is that ansible and what ibm is doing is completely unfathomable i don't understand what is going to happen I didn't notice anything you happen in happen in that new space. And this is the this is the thing that uh, bothers me okay. because I didn't see any ad, any uh, actually official uh, announcement yeah. of anything, other than apparently there are some 
uh, topics that I'm not going to mention today, but I'm going to uh, point to uh, Lindus Landek um, uh, uh, review because he has uh, quite a few leaks in the last few days uh, from IBM, mm -hmm. uh, which are completely insane. Okay, um, so have to check those out. Yes, but I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to go into details because they're extremely political. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is that technology is going to be a big thing in the next year. Oh yes, Intel is going to have an uphill struggle trying to explain to people why they're pushing for what is basically completely different architecture, uh, dressed up as a 15th generation of Intel's processors. Okay. Uh, Windows is going to become more ARM oriented because they have to. Uh, Apple is going to push M4, M4 and M5 probably in the next year. I guess that M3 is going to be, become mainstream and then they're going to announce M4. They're probably going to announce uh, the unification of iPads and, uh, and the uh, laptops mm -hmm. because they right now they can do it. Basically, okay. this is an iPad with, uh, with a keyboard. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to power, when it comes to everything, including all the components. Okay, it's a logical next step. So we are going to see major changes. Uh, the only thing that is right now missing from the from the puzzle, and nobody is talking about those, and I want to mention this because I was, I was. Uh, uh, recapping what what is happening in the last year, and I realized that we are not mentioning one big thing. Nobody is talking about databases and the database uh, environment. Microsoft versus Oracle versus SAP. SAP is also an exciting thing because okay. Oracle is losing. Microsoft is becoming be uh, better at uh, creating the databases. Because uh, you remember when the Oracle said that uh, if anybody is able to create the database that is close to uh, the performance of the Oracle database, they're going to pay, pay him, what was it, a million I dollars or something. Yeah, you're good with remembering crap. Like yes. That. And uh, it doesn't stand anymore. And Microsoft SQL uh, and Microsoft SQL as a service is an amazing opportunity. It, okay. it, it, it actually makes sense. Uh, unless, unlike any, uh, almost all the other things that Microsoft is pushing. By the way, uh, one of the biggest hardware changes that are going to happen in the next year is related to memory. New memory packaging is coming, as yes. you're going to see. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, sorry, sorry the, what, what is it? Uh, Dell is pushing for it. Originally. Dell is one of the first that have. No, it's not Dell pushing. Everybody is pushing for it. Yes, but uh, who created it? It's a random JDAC standard thing. So no, no, no. It, it, it was created by somebody, I think, by Dell, and then uh, they pushed it for JDAC to become uh, for the, to become a standard. So basically, they they gave the patents away in order to create the higher memory density mm -hmm. because they need higher memory density in the, in the new devices. Yeah, and I think this is the try. They are trying to stop. Uh, uh, they are trying to uh, stop. Um, CPU manufacturers from doing their own thing. They're not going to stop them. Yeah, I know, sure. I know. But uh, the thing is that uh, suddenly you are going to have a big split mm -hmm. between uh, the devices that are going to be upgradable and devices that are be definitely not going to be upgradable. Which the, that market is actually growing heavily and very quickly. Yes, and the uh, laptop manufacturers don't like this <laughs> because they, uh, they need to create different SKUs. 
They, yeah, they need to have different market position. They need to offer something. And it's not that only. Uh, yeah. They also have to create different uh, different uh, physical laptops. Mm -hmm. So additional uh, production lines, additional uh, engineering design and, changes, design changes yeah. and so on. Mm -hmm. So you cannot anymore, you're not going to be able to say, okay, this is the base laptop, then upgrade it to this. Because this is not going to be a base laptop upgraded. This is going to be a completely different motherboard with completely different components. Okay. And this makes sense from the from the perspective of a manufacturer of the laptops. Okay. But it does make sense from the user perspective, because okay. user want users want uh, faster memory. Yeah, we all want faster memory and because memor it's the bottleneck. And the memory that is connected directly to the CPU is going to be faster than any JDK center. Yeah, that's true. Uh, actually, uh, to kind of uh, bring this episode to a close, uh, the uh, in the last three, three or four episodes or five, we did two episodes with guests. Yes. As well, so one with our colleagues uh, who are professors here, and one with the student. This is uh, also a pattern that's going to keep on happening in the next year. We have a couple of uh, them scheduled. Actually, we were supposed to record one today, but we're unable to do some unforeseen circumstances. But this is going to be a, uh, also a reoccurring topic next year because we want to put some of the things that we do into perspective for uh, our potential viewers. Uh, and also, we, we feel privileged to be a part of let's say an environment in which you can actually give something away not necessarily just take something which is no knowledge that that we have and that's always good then these episodes like devops and let's say programming 6502 or arm or whatever which are good we are going to do are also a let's say a wider part of that story because we want to reach an audience that is interested in that and uh, grow based on it as well okay um we're not going to become a political talk show. That's definitely not going to happen. IT political. But I think that uh, becoming a political IT talk show uh, is completely uh, impossible from our part of the world. Why? Because we are not that much into IT politics. Uh, we are not moving uh, thousands of billions of dollars in uh, market share. Okay. So, um, we're a statistical error. We're a statistical error. And when we are talking uh, with people who are moving hundreds of billions of dollars because we had uh, those interviews while we were working in the IT magazines. Uh, we are just bystanders. Mm -hmm. They can, can understand that we are interested in topics, but it's like me talking to a guy from, I don't know, Australia about uh, the Sminian Tigers. Mm -hmm. It's just, they know that I'm interested in what is happening but I'm not going to see a Tasmanian tiger uh, anytime soon. Okay. Okay. So uh, I don't think that the political topics in the IT uh, make any sense. Uh, when it, it was comes a to joke. No, no, when, when it comes to interviews. Mm -hmm. But okay. we're going to do polit politics in the... Because what we need to do is we need to do the IT woke uh, No, we don't. Yes. <laughs> we need we need because uh, we, the last episode that we... You are my only friend in this room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, the Hamlet? Yeah. It was a Hamlet moment when you... Very bad reenactment, yes. It, it, this is an it. It is it. Uh, we had uh, the episode that we recorded uh, yesterday. Uh, we tried to define the... Please the, don't. The pronouns for the chat AI. Um, uh, please take a look at the episode. It's in, in, the, in the very end of the episode. <laughs> but I think that this also needs to be addressed. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, you know, like, share, subscribe. We are at the end of the episode, so thank you for uh, watching us, listening to us yet again, and we'll see each other in the next episode. So, and this being the only uh, podcast on the internet that is not mentioning its own name during the episode, this has been the IT show for the year 2023. <coughs> cough, 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 Mr. Kaufman. <coughs> thank you for being with us. Bye.